it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan. It's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmead. Thanks so much for being here, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmead Show. 1-866-408-7669. The number to call to be on or BrianKilmead.com. We'll go through that and be able to get through some of your emails for those people who are at work or at school and listen. But can't let anybody know you're listening, or whatever the reason is, don't want to really call into a radio show, but want your voice heard. Uh, a lot to discuss today. We'll see what comes down. We know the President of the United States is going to pick up stakes and do what he does every weekend. Even though he spent his whole life trying to get to the White House, he can't wait to leave the White House. Not sure why. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Sponsored by Crunch Fitness. Interested in owning your own business in a growing $30 billion industry? Check out Crunch Fitness at crunch.com. Number three. The member of his inner circle that allegedly confronted him, and according to that reporting, Dmitry Peskov in the Kremlin has denied that President Putin himself was directly confronted. But according to that reporting, it was a member of President Putin's inner circle. Now, Now that could be anyone. We don't know. We don't know the name. That was Keir Simmons of MSNBC getting the report from the Washington Post and expanding on it that appeared in the president's daily brief. Pressure on Putin directly from his own inner circle as the war he started is blowing up in his face, scaring many who think a desperate Putin is the most dangerous. Number two. But the FBI and the Justice Department got him for tax evasion. Mm. And this is what really is going on here, I think, is a tax evasion is just opening the door to what's really going on behind the scenes. Hunter hijinks is back. The Washington Post is using official leaks to let America know the wheels of justice are working. I don't buy it, and I'll explain. Number one. They worship the false god of climate. That's what Joe Biden went after by attacking American energy. Day number one in office with killing Keystone and stopping oil and gas leasing. And he's right, John Barrasso, who knows uh, everything about natural oil and gas in Wyoming, refueling a red wave. That's what the Saudis did by cutting oil production with OPEC+. And the Democratic panic is quite entertaining, but their policy response is dangerous and, in my view, un-American. In about 10 minutes, a former Navy SEAL is aspiring to be a congressman from Arizona. In a tough fight, he'll be joining us, Eli Crane and Dave Nelson inside uh, what's happening with the economy. He's a CFA and chief strategist for Bell Point Asset Management. And David's going to respond to the job numbers a little bit better than expected. 263,000 jobs added. They expected 250. Unemployment down to 3.5. The disturbing number is uh, the uh, labor participation rates at 62.3, slightly down. 59,000 people decided they're just quitting their jobs and leaving the labor force. Where are they going? Do you know anybody? How many people do you actually know that can quit and never have to work again? I don't know where these people are going. I don't, I don't know what nest egg that they have. I don't know what happened, but it's not just an American situation. It's really the whole country. So when OPEC decided to cut thousands of millions of barrels a day uh, out of the distribution, it's going to cause the price of oil and gas to go up. Whether your home is oil or gas, it's going to be affected. Whether your car, uh, we've had the price of oil and gas go up pretty consistently now for the last two weeks. It is now on average, just had it here. Uh, 269. 
uh, on average, the, the average price of oil and gas. So this is on the West Coast. The average today is $6.39. Last week was six twenty nine. dollars uh, So now we have for the national average is $3.89. Yesterday was three eighty six. One week ago, three seventy nine. It gets significant, right? It comes out of your paycheck. If you add to that inflation, it matters. Now, Saudi Arabia, who knows this president called them a pariah nation. I know Saudi Arabia's got huge problems. I know that 13 of the hijackers came from Saudi Arabia 25 years, 20-plus years ago. I get it. But they are at a, since dating back to FDR, they're a complicated ally of ours, and our best option in that area, Iran, is not an option under the Ayatollah. So when we're cutting back, the president said my his president is reaching to Venezuela to try to get another two million a day out of them, but it'll take two or three years. Iran, if we lift the sanctions and cut a nuclear deal, another million, or we could stop exporting oil. Really, that would destroy the oil and gas companies and make them corrupt their contracts. Larry Kudlow can't believe what he's hearing as the Biden administration looks everywhere but home. Cut seven. Once again, the Bidens are running to hug that famous democracy-loving U.S. ally, Nicolas Maduro, the president of Venezuela, the leading socialist communist country in South America, for literally a couple of additional barrels of very dirty oil. Maduro is supposed to turn Venezuela back into a freedom-loving democracy, in return for which Maduro is supposed to agree to free and fair presidential elections. Mind you... That country is essentially being run by the Cuban Secret Service. Huge investment from Russia, great presence from China. We have so many Venezuelans coming to our border because of Maduro's horrible. The guy's a bus driver. Uh, Hugo Chavez used him. He dies of cancer. This guy gets in his place, kills all his opponents. So the American Petroleum Institute, the vice president of upstream policy, his name is Frank Macarola, he says, quote, every previous administration, whether Republican or Democrat, has recognized the strategic advantage of U.S. offshore and domestic energy and fulfilled their statutory obligation to maintain an offshore leasing program and continuously hold lease sales. Yet the Biden administration has failed to address current and future U.S. energy needs. Announcing a program with zero new lease sales would be the exact wrong thing to do. And what's he saying? That's what they're considering doing. Do you believe this? This administration is going to possibly ban offshore oil drilling as gas prices keep rising. The administration nearing a decision on the future of federal offshore fossil fuel drilling and hasn't ruled out a complete block on new leases. Thursday, the 90-day comment period for the Department of Interior proposal five-year offshore leasing plan ended. That is why you cannot leave these people in power. That is not a policy that helps America. That is not a policy that keeps the atmosphere clean and the earth environmentally sound. That makes us energy insecure and our nation insecure. We need oil and gas. Alternatives, renewables are not there, whatever the politically correct term is. Next, on the Hunter situation, the Washington Post has a report out and the New York Post picked up on it and expanded on it that says the feds are closing in on Hunter Biden, reportedly have enough evidence to charge him, but not over his dad and big international schemes, over tax crimes and gun purchases. He's already had a sugar daddy pay Kevin Morris, pay $2 million in back taxes. Now they want to say because you missed taxes, we're going to charge you and charge you with a felony. Believe it or not, according to Miranda Devine, Hunter Biden, who will be getting away almost scot-free, 
will not accept a deal. And because of that, he might get charged for what he really did, and that's international money laundering, which Tony Bobulinski basically outlined because he got screwed by this guy too. Investigators for months believe that there's enough evidence to charge the younger Biden, but nothing has happened, even though David Weiss was put as uh, uh, as a U.S. attorney by Donald Trump. I'm not sure what kind of pressures he's under, but we'll expand on it. How could that be? The FBI didn't follow up with Bobulinski, who knows more than anybody else. The impaneled grand jury has not asked him to testify. Here's what's at stake. John Yu, I believe this is a joke. This gives him a slap on the wrist and allows them to say they sought and fought, fought, got justice. Don't buy it. Cut nine. I think you could think of it this way. Remember how the FBI eventually got Al Capone. Now, Al Capone was making a lot of money running racketeering in the mob in Chicago. But the FBI and the Justice Department got him for tax evasion. Mm. And this is what really is going on here, I think, is a tax evasion is just opening the door to what's really going on behind the scenes. Why isn't Hunter Biden reporting money from abroad? Because these deals might not be fully legitimate. Why would Hunter yeah. Biden being be hired by the Burisma and Ukrainian gas company being paid $600,000 a year to be on the board when he had no oil and gas experience? What were his ties to these companies right. run by the Chinese Communist Party? That's what this tax avoidance investigation opens the door to. And- I don't think after four years, you still need to open up a door. I mean, come on. You have a laptop there. You got a great witness. You're not using all your resources. No one cares about the gun charge. Yeah, the gun illegally didn't fill out the form li- uh, right and lied about it, then had his, fu- his girlfriend at the time, who was his brother's widow, who was his brother's widow, Bo, uh, tossed the gun in a dumpster across the street because they were afraid he was going to use it to kill himself. That's not the problem. I don't care about Hunter Biden. You don't care about Hunter Biden. I care that Joe Biden is the big guy overseeing these international deals that circumvent our foreign policy possibly today, maybe in the past, and help finance, among other things, that sinister Belt and Road program of China. No joke. When we come back, Eli Crane joins us. He'll talk about this military recruitment issue and his quest to represent the 2nd District in Arizona. Not having an easy time. Uh, We'll talk about that when we return. So glad you're here. Brian Kilmeade Show. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you. It's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. 
So why stress over home projects when you could turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. The fastest three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade. The polls moving in the Republican direction. The generic vote has been moving slowly, but I think pretty clearly to the Republicans since August when the Democrats had an advantage. Biden's ratings remain low at approval in the low 40s. On the key issues facing the country, inflation, cost of living, energy prices. The Republicans have a clear advantage in both the Gallup poll and most polls. Yeah, uh, things are trending in that direction. And I don't think I could say that in August. I think it was going the other way. Eli Crane joins us now. Eli's been on before with Bottle Breachers, a great entrepreneur, also a former Navy SEAL. Now he's running and already achieved by uh, getting the Republican nomination in, in Arizona for the 2nd District. Uh, but Eli is in a tough fight with Tom O'Halloran, a former Republican turned Democrat who's had the seat since 2014. Eli, welcome back. Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me on again, brother. I so, appreciate it. So you already had a military career. You still got the business career. How about your transition to politics? You're in a, a virtual dead heat, according to 538 against O'Halloran. Well, you know, we just felt like... Uh, we just felt like uh, we couldn't sit back and watch this country head in the direction that it was going anymore. And, um, you know, it's been a really interesting experience, Brian, but I wouldn't change it for anything. And I really believe we're going to pull this off because I think the American people are waking up to what's going on in this country. I, I believe they understand that most of the uh, negative things they see happening every day when they wake up and turn on their phones and read the headlines and go to the grocery store and the gas pump, they understand that these are self-made errors and we don't have to be living this way. Um, you know, we can make smart choices and we can uh, hire smart leaders. And uh, I think that's why the Republican Party is really going to bring it home in November. Well, we'll see. Eli, what is the number one issue? I know water is a big issue in Arizona, right? Yeah, water is a huge issue in Arizona, and it's going to have to be addressed. Um, but I think right now the biggest issue really facing everybody um, in Arizona is probably the economy and also the border. The second district, uh, I mean, all of Arizona feels it. Do you feel as though that the current rep- the current Arizona lawmakers have addressed this effectively, including the Republican governor? Uh, can you repeat that question? Can you, sorry, are, are they addressed it effectively, what's going on at the border? Oh, not at all. I mean, the, the border is a complete disaster. Anybody that's been down there not only knows it's a problem, but it really is an invasion, and that's not being, you know, fantastic. I think that we have 
you know, five, 6,000 people crossing the southern border. Not, and I'm not talking just Arizona. I'm talking, you know, Texas as well every single day. I mean, what else would you call that? Especially, Brian, when the, that's not just people coming through, but that's the number one killer of Americans, 18 to 45, every single day, fentanyl. You have MS-13 gang members. Last year, you had 22 members on the terror watch list. And that doesn't even count the ones that got away. You also have child sex trafficking coming through that border. And Brian, let's face it, every country in the world, whether you know, you're Nigeria or Czechoslovakia, deserves to have their own sovereignty, right? That doesn't make you or a country racist for wanting to protect its border, its citizens, and its communi- communities. That's just common sense. And that's what we've gotten away from in this country as we become so woke and foolish um, with a lot of these radical agendas, and our people are paying for it. Oh, Halloran says you guys, he's helped address the problem by voting for the infrastructure, uh, the infrastructure plan that Joe Biden put forward. Have you guys had any benefit from that, the $54 million a year that they said for the next five years to be able to thin out the forest and handle other things? Yeah, I don't think that we've had a lot of benefit from anything that Tom O'Halloran's been voting for. You know, if you look at his voting record, he votes with Nancy Pelosi 100 percent of the time. You know, most recently he voted for the Inflation Reduction Act. And you can almost know what um, these Democratic bills are going to do. You read the title and you just uh, jump to it's going to do the exact opposite of what it says. Um, And in addition to that, Brian, it was interesting because in that bill, we were given 87,000 new IRS agents. And when questioned and asked, you know, why he supported 87,000 new IRS agents or doubling the size of the IRS. You know what he said, Brian? What? He actually said, because we need new revenue streams. We need <laughs> more revenue streams. I don't think that's what the American people or Arizonans believe the federal government needs. I think in many ways they believe the opposite. They believe that the federal government needs fiscal responsibility and to quit spending money that we don't have. Eli Crane, our guest, former Navy SEAL. Uh, he's the CEO of Bottle Breacher. Uh, and a self-made success story that now wants to give back by getting the congressional seat in the 2nd District of Arizona. A couple of things that stand out. You appeared on Shark Tank. Everyone remembers uh, what you were able to do with uh, spent artillery uh, and make different type of uh, ways to open up bottles and cans. It's always the hit at every party I get. You were kind enough to give it to me when you came in to talk about it. And the other thing you have is is the military background. What do those two things bring to the table for, for you politically? Well, it's interesting, Brian, because uh, I've been an America First candidate for a very long time. I actually dropped out of uh, college my senior year at the University of Arizona the week after 9-11 to join the military. I volunteered for the SEAL teams. I did five wartime deployments in the Navy. And then uh, my wife and I started a small business um, in in, uh, California where I was stationed in San Diego and then immediately moved the business back to Arizona when I was done. And we made all of our products right here in the United States of America, though we were given multiple opportunities to take our manufacturing overseas because we felt like it was the right thing to do and we wanted to keep our jobs and our production and our profits here in the United States. And so, you know, those those two experiences allow me to do a couple things, and they really give me a leg up because in both of those environments, business and special ops, you have to be mentally tough to do both of them. And you also have to build a team. 
mm-hmm. um, to get anything accomplished. And that's exactly what I'll have to do if uh, if I'm elected to serve as a representative of this district. How has Donald Trump helped? You know, Donald Trump has been awesome, Brian. He actually endorsed me in the uh, primary, and that was really key to, uh, you know, our victory. And he also, you know, I think made myself and many other Americans wake up to the America First agenda and start asking some really tough questions like, how much is this going to cost? Who's going to pay for it? Is this really the best thing for America and our citizens? And that's one thing I love about the America First agenda. Eli Crane uh, gets things done. Uh, He's trying for his third career now, and we'll find out if he can get there November 8th. Eli, best of luck. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian Kilmeade. What we believe needs to happen, consistent with market principles, is that the energy energy companies need to reduce uh, retail prices to reflect the price that they're paying for the wholesale gas. And the reason why wholesale gas prices continue to be at that level is because of all of the progress that we've made. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they we're, you know, uh, Oil and gas prices are, are, are moving around, but they are significantly lower now than they were a couple of months ago. So the problem is retail. The, the retail prices have to reflect the price that they're paying for the wholesale gas. Really? OK, so let's not have a profit in the socialist country that Brian Deese wants to live in. Uh, unbelievable that he is their uh, he is their uh, economic advisor. Joining us now, uh, David Nelson, CFA and chief strategist of Bell Point Asset Management. Uh, you can follow him at David Nelson, CFA. David, your reaction to what Brian Dees wants to do in order to solve the problem with OPEC plus cutting production. Good morning, Brian. Uh, it's kind of comical when you think about it. Uh, you know, the retailer on, on the corner of the gas station, uh, you know, they're paying, you know, they're, they're trying to make a, a profit off of what they paid, you know, some months ago. Uh, to put it off on their backs is, is largely, you know, uh, ridiculous. The administration has been selling 1 million barrels a day for some time, and all in will have sold 180 million barrels by Election Day. They now want to add another 10 million to that. They've already brought the SPR down to dangerously low levels. We're one hurricane away from a crisis. So how much are, how much are we going to feel at the pump with that, with that 2 million cut? Uh, I think it, it'll start off uh, kind of slow. I think the, the real hit will be when the, when, when the administration is forced to stop uh, releasing from the SPR. You can't just keep doing that. It was designed for national strategic purposes, for emergencies like a Katrina, something along those lines. So they can't go, be, go below the you know certain levels. I think that's when you're going to start to see uh, prices really start to climb. So I'm going to probably, if I had to put a number on it, probably sometime in December. So, yeah, right after the election. National average right now is $3.89. Yesterday was three eighty six. One week ago, three seventy nine. California, six thirty nine. Was five, uh, Nevada five fifty. Oregon five thirty three. Why is it so high out there? They say because two two refineries are being repaired or refurbished. Is that the truth? It's a part of the truth. I, I think it weighs more on the differential. If you look at the spread between premium gas and regular gas, it's, it's probably the widest I've seen here, at least in Connecticut, and from what I've heard out in Reno and uh, and uh, California as well. So that's probably part of the problem, but it's not the real problem. We probably pushed not in a smart way. If we have uh, 
towards alternative energy. Uh, I think we all want a greener society. I think we understand that. But any rational view of a greener society has to include an all-of-the-above approach. And that includes wind, solar, nuclear, and, yes, fossil fuels. Because right now, outside of nuclear and fossil fuels, the others aren't ready to scale. Nothing's there to re- ready to handle the base load of, of our electric grid. So we have to understand that this is a transition process that's likely to take decades. Yeah, uh, here's it's take decades, and they know it. They're smart people. They just rather be agenda driven instead of uh, instead of what's best for the country. Tim Stewart was on with Larry Kudlow yesterday. He's the president of U.S. Oil and Gas. Cut for. You know, Russia holds forty uh, percent of the Venezuelan projects alone, and so if we're going to Venezuela, we're going to Russia. We're helping OPEC plus. Ah. Again, it's illiterate. It's an illiterate policy, and and we shouldn't have to be in this situation. He also said, "I'm going to try to get." Uh, Venezuela back online, despite the despicable government. And I'm going to try to get an Iranian deal and get their million barrels online. It seems folly when we can control and help our companies with the permitting process, let them drill. They might even start banning all new contracts and leases when it comes to offshore drilling. What's that going to mean, David Nelson? It, you know, it's, uh, it's sad in a way. Uh, you know, even if you didn't want to pivot to your own country, to Texas and the Permian and other places in the United States, by sending the signal back early in the administration, almost his early days in office, by you know canceling the Keystone Pipeline, instead of Venezuela, Russia, or even Saudi Arabia, we could have been buying crude from, from uh, a friendly neighbor like Canada. Uh, that got cut off. And it, it was a signal really to the oil patch here that they, that they don't have a friend in Washington. So you can't go back to these CEOs and tell them to turn on the spigot when they're not sure what, what, what the regulatory environment is going to be back like in the next couple of years. It's just not going to happen. And that's part of the problem. And, and I just guess they don't understand that. So we added 263,000 jobs. We thought 250. But the labor participation has decreased. 59,000 people just left the workforce voluntarily. How would you describe this environment now? Yeah, uh, I I find this, and this is where the Fed can be very dangerous. Uh, You know, they've bounced from one crisis uh, to the next. the jobs numbers, from from my perspective, are largely backward looking. There's a lot of more high frequency data out there. Anecdotally, there isn't a day that goes by where I don't see some Fortune 500 company actually cutting their workforce. And in just the last few weeks, Peloton, Snapchat, Alphabet, Microsoft. When was the last time Microsoft was forced to cut jobs? A few weeks ago, Bed Bath and Beyond, 20% of their workforce. Ford, just a couple of weeks ago cut their guidance by 34%, in part because they couldn't get the parts to deliver the cars. If you can't deliver cars, you don't need as many people. How long is it going to be before Ford is forced to cut their workforce? So that that, that has not been reflected yet in the numbers, but they'll probably add some jobs for holiday help. I know Amazon's doing that. Yeah, seasonally, it's that time of the year when Walmart, Amazon, and all these retailers are going to gear up, and and that'll likely be reflected in the numbers. But for the Fed, I think we all understand that the Fed has to do their job. Uh, They they screwed up last year. They say they're data-dependent. They're obviously not data-dependent. A year ago, uh, in November, uh, Jay Powell said it was time to retire the word transitory, yet they kept buying bonds in the open market all the way until March quantitative easing. Didn't make sense. So now they're trying to rush to the other side of the lifeboat to arrest this thing. And the, the work that they do right now, these rate hikes, these historic, the historic speed that they're doing this, it's not reflected yet 
in, in the economy is going to take some time. And if they keep pushing as hard as they are, something is going to break. And it's, it's going to be something that breaks probably somewhere in the bond marks, bond markets overseas somewhere, and they're going to be forced to turn course. When people are listening to David and they're saying to themselves, you know, I don't know how much money you have, but you're thinking about your retirement. Where do you think the safest place is for your money? Look, uh, I'm a long-term investor, so I've been through this before. This is my, not my first rodeo. We've already reflected a lot of this. has been reflected in the stock market already. We're in a you know a vicious bear market. Uh, I you know we've opened down for sure. I'm not looking in front of my screen right now. How we close today is probably a lot a lot a lot more a lot more important. But right now, there's competitive choices right now. Because out there, a one-year treasury is over 4%. Uh, we haven't seen that in more than a decade. And at 4%, you can lock in a fairly safe re- return. So people are going to put some capital there. But a lot of these great companies are on sale, and it, it, never, it, 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 it never looks good at the bottom. And I can't tell you this is the bottom, but at some point in time, you got to say, you know what, I got. I want to own some of these great companies because I may not get this chance again. Understood. Uh, David, uh, you have a podcast. Uh, you host a podcast uh, of called uh, Money Runner Podcast. How do we get it? Yeah, just go to YouTube uh, and and Google uh, the Money Runner. I've uh, been pretty excited about it. It's been a, a real undertaking for me, and we had a lot of support. All right, David Nelson, the Chief Strategist for Bellpoint Asset Management. David, thank you. Thanks, Brian. All right, when we come back, we'll take your calls, get your emails. Also, we'll continue to expand on something I haven't really talked about yet, and that's what's happened with Russia and the Ukraine. There's trouble in the inner circle with Vladimir Putin. No joke. Expanding your knowledge base. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. He's so busy, he'll make your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade. My kids are gated community gangsters. (laughs) So, listen, when I was growing up, there was a lot of trials and tribulations, so he had to. He had to be like that. You know, his, his, his basic thing was, I want you to be a leader and not a follower. Mm. So he had to be, right? But my kid's not like that. And I have six wonderful children. I don't have any problems with, with uh, my children. I tell them all the time, we don't need another basketball player. Mm. There's six of y'all. Somebody give me law school. Somebody give me hedge fund. I got one daughter that's a, a, a marketing director at uh, Pepsi. So, listen, I just want you to you know, education, have fun. Be yourself. And I tell them, you know, they, they kind of got mad at this, but I say, in order to touch daddy's cheese, you got to have three degrees. Wow. So you got to get three degrees. The cheese would be the money, right? The cheese would be the money. He's great. Very grounded. It sounds fantastic. You don't, you don't need another basketball player. Uh, also, I don't know what cut it is. He talked about how uh, dad's rich, you're not. It's my money. It's not your money. Yeah, there, well, there's two of them. We have the, the play them over. We do 39 first, and we'll do 40. But 39, sort of how he learned, I think, a little bit how he wants to raise his kids because he was wealthy and he didn't grow up that way. Okay. Because I believe in respectable nepotism. You know, I was with the Miami Heat one day, and an article came out. The grandmother left leaves the son $250 million, right? So I didn't think nothing of it because it's a rich family. So I go in the locker room one day to shoot, and this kid's on his knees scrubbing the bathroom floor. And I'm looking at him, I'm like, hey, man, didn't your grandmother just give you 250 minutes? Yeah, but dad wants me to start from the bottom. So he had to do that. He was picking up jocks, and he was, you know, he started in the marketing department. And now I think he's the vice president. Once I saw that, I was like, you know what? 
That right there is respectable nepotism. Because the kid went to Duke, his grandma gave him 250. He could have been like, I'm not doing anything. But his dad said, nope, you start from the bottom. So that's, that's what I also teach my kids. Uh, that's interesting because, you know, you can't pretend as if you are struggling. He grew up in a military family. His dad was in the military, so I'm sure they had enough to live. A lot of time that means free housing because he was an officer. So it's not like he was struggling that much, similar to Strahan, I think. And why pretend you don't have money? But you don't want your kids to grow up spoiled, right? Yeah, and you want to make sure they have a good work ethic because that is everything. Yeah, and don't feel entitled. It actually is a curse. You're actually destroying their lives. If you give them everything, what are they striving for? No, 100%. And they'll never feel as though they deserve it. No, and they'll feel better about themselves if they work hard for something completely. All right, here's more from Shaquille O'Neal, the coolest guy in sports, uh, talking uh, talking about his son. I also have to teach him. We're not rich. I'm rich. I love that. I love that line so much. <laughs> Daddy, we're rich. You know my, you know my oldest son. He's, yep. he's, he's very smart. That was kind of my fault. I said, my man, if you, if you get all A's this next semester, you can get whatever you want. Mm. So he gets all A's, and I was like, go to the dealership and pick one. Then I get a call from Tesla. I said, man, you better take your ass across the street to Honda. <laughs> no, but... He's trying buy, to save you money yeah, on gas. Yeah, I'm not buying you no damn Tesla. <laughs> smart, though. Smart kid. So what, smart. Are, what are the Teslas going for now? I, I, they were up at about $100,000. Eric, have they, gone, have they gotten lower? I think for the top of the line models, around eighty to 100000 Yeah. And then the lowest one, I think, is like fifty to sixty. So Right. I mean, but now you're seeing these stories in the, during the hurricane that these electric cars were going on fire when they came in contact while on with salt water. Well, salt water, yeah. So you're saying that that's still no big deal? Oh, no, it is a big deal. I think it's a big but deal. But it does right? happen to regular combustion cars, too. It goes on fire? Yeah, if, if, um, if the car gets flooded and salt water contacts the battery, it'll cause a short and then start a fire. I saw a, a photo of one Florida resident who came back to his home Flood damage everywhere, and the only well, the only damage was to his car, which was burned out. Wow. Well, I mean, uh, I think they got to work it out. Also, I I heard people are not that confident with that whole driverless car thing that is still being worked out. You know, where you take your hand off the wheel and you just plug it in and read the paper. I mean, would you be comfortable with that? Not yet. No. But I thought. I mean, most people are under the belief that they got the technology down. It was a matter of us getting used to it. But, I mean, there's too many, like, other factors. Like, it sounds if you're in the air, like, with an airplane, right, there's no roads or things like that. You're sort of, like, flying with nothing around you. You have streets. You have cars. You have other people. You have pedestrians. Like, there's so much. Maybe being in, like, Oklahoma, like, just, like, you know, a straight highway, like, you know, in between cities. But I feel like in the northeast. Do you ever use cruise control? Sometimes. When when I'm trying to not go too fast to avoid a speeding ticket. (laughs) Well, um, I don't think I've ever, I think I used my cruise control once, but um, let's find out this. I do want to talk about what's going on with Russia because for the longest time, people are like, yeah, don't bring up the war because it's just a big stalemate and everyone's dying and all the refugees. And we don't really know these people, but we're definitely rooting for Ukraine. But should we really be involved? Well, that has all changed. I mean, Vladimir Putin's army is terrible. They're, they're poorly armed. They're poorly trained. They have lost between sixty and 80,000 dead. They have so little interest in the people that fight. They leave their dead bodies on the ground. Ukraine picks them up. 
uh, and they're also picking up their abandoned tanks. They are annihilating the Russians with their own equipment. And get this, according to the Washington Post today, a member of Vladimir Putin's inner circle was, has voiced disagreement directly to the Russian president in the weeks after his ha- in the, over the last few weeks over his handling of the war in general. You never have heard anybody be inside the Russian government be critical of Vladimir Putin. Criticism marks the clearest indication yet of the turmoil within Russia's leadership. This has gotten to the president's daily brief, as I mentioned before. A discontent that the member of the Putin's inner circle expressed is related to what the insider considered mismanagement of the war. No joke. And mistakes being made by those executed the military campaign. Yeah, they have no experience. The general's got to get in front because they're leading a bunch of people that don't even want to fight. Also, on that on that. Pipeline that blew up, the Nord Stream 1 and 2. Swedish probe finds the signs of detonation at Nord Stream uh, uh, leak sites. The Swedish investigators leaked to, to two Russian natural gas pipelines that run underneath the Baltic Sea. Sweden Security Service said that it had seized evidence of what they could cause the ruptures in Nord Stream 1 and 2. Authorities had noted that the leaks in the pipeline off of Sweden and Denmark were first disclosed that there were explosions near there. And the question is, who exploded them? And that is the controversy around this. Meanwhile, Russia's best chance at offense, they have Iranian-made drones. They're not generating, generating any type of massive effect on the battlefield, but they're making everybody know another reason to know that Iran is an outlaw nation, and they are really uh, causing, uh, letting everybody know there's additional reason not to trust them and not to do deals with them. Here's General Jack Keane on, uh, with me today about what uh, what we could do to stop Vladimir, a desperate Vladimir Putin for using nukes. Cut 17. To have an effective deterrence, you have to have two things. One is the capability, and we have the capability to deliver not a nuclear weapon in kind. Certainly we do that, but we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't put our troops in there. We would conduct a, a comprehensive air and missile attack that would take down the Russian military inside Ukraine. After all, we know where it all is, and certainly we could deal with that. So does Putin, knows we have the capability, does he believe the president is the issue? To have an effective deterrence, you've got to have the capability and the credibility right. and will to use it. I'm hoping that they have, with conviction and determination, have convinced the Russians that, yes, we would pull the trigger. We blow up their entire navy located in the Black Sea. We would kill every one of those soldiers in occupied Ukraine. They've already been devastated. That would happen right away with a total NATO hit, at which time you know Vladimir Putin would launch a nuclear weapon. That's one thing that people don't understand. This is the greatest fear for people against the war. This would escalate and get bigger than the war. For us to go against Russia for the first time ever directly would be unbelievable. But it might be inevitable as long as this guy's in power. This is what it was building towards. Whether we want it or not, they look at us as the enemy. But it turns out he does not have a much of a military at all. Brian Kilmeade Show, keep it here. From high atop Fox News headquarters in New York City, always seeking solutions, never sowing division. It's Brian Kilmeade. And I'm just looking at my screen now. Uh, oil is now over $90 a barrel, above $90 a barrel. Wow. This is going to help 
It's going to tank the market, which is down 508 points, despite great of pretty good job figures of 263,000 we just aired. So I just looked at that. So they took 2 million barrels off the market. They're going to cut production among OPEC Plus, which means Russia. And now oil gushes to $90 a barrel. And what's the ripple effect of that? You, me, the way we're paying for everything. And Russia gets more money to try to sustain their war, which good news is it doesn't seem sustainable. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Big hour coming your way. Geraldo uh, shortly. And then Rob Smith will be joining us, the Iraq vet. You see him all over the channel, Fox News contributor. Um, He's got a great podcast. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. The member of his inner circle that allegedly confronted him, and according to that reporting, Dmitry Peskov in the Kremlin has denied that President Putin himself was directly confronted. But according to that reporting, it was a member of President Putin's inner circle. Now, now that could be anyone. We don't know. We don't know the name. Usually he just kills people that confront him. But now uh, he's getting killed in this war. Keir Simmons, that was uh, the report from him. Pressure on Putin from his own inner circle, as you just heard, because this war is blowing up in his face and he started it. Uh, Desperate Putin is probably a dangerous Putin, we'll discuss. Number two. But the FBI and the Justice Department got him for tax evasion. Mm. And this is what really is going on here, I think, is a tax evasion is just opening the door to what's really going on behind the scenes. Maybe. I don't think it's likely, though. Hunter Hijinks is back. Washington Post using official leaks to let America know the wheels of justice are working and that Hunter is going to get indicted. I don't buy it. And if it is, the indictment are going to go for things that are benign. I'll explain. Number one. They worship the false god of climate. That's what Joe Biden went after by attacking American energy. Day number one in office with killing Keystone and stopping oil and gas leasing. John Barrasso from an energy state and from an energy committee refueling a red wave. That's what the Saudis did by cutting oil production, as I mentioned. The Democratic panic is quite entertaining, but their policy response is dangerous and I believe un-American. So from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan uh, and heard around the country, around the world, let's begin. Just a quick note. Don't forget to watch One Nation this weekend at 8. We're going to explore what's going on with energy in particular. I'm going to talk to Nikki Haley about the challenge of Russia. And then I have Henry Cuellar on the border. He's a Democrat who actually knows how to fix the border and can't get his party to listen. I'm going to give him the platform. I think you'll be uh, intrigued. And John Christ will be joining us. John Christ, one of America's finest comedians and greatest comedic minds who also follows the news. So let, let's talk about what's happening. As I mentioned, the job number is supposed to be 250. It came in 263. That's the good news. The bad news is 59,000 people have left the workforce, just left. Where do they go? Where do they go? You can't say the PPP loan. You can't say uh, I, I loan forget. You can't say that they, the rents have been frozen. I, I don't know where these people go. Is all these people rich? I doubt it. I think the rest of the world dealing with the same thing, too. Uh, we have a workforce, 62.3%. So just over six of every 10 of us are working. That's not gonna, We should be at 68.72. Some people retired. I get it. So that bothers me. And obviously the market's by, uh, bothered by oil and oil going over $90 a barrel. Not Brian Dees, the White House economic advisor. He thinks he knows the real culprit. It is those gas station owners. They just live that life of luxury. Cut to. What we believe needs to happen, consistent with market principles, is that the energy, energy companies need to reduce uh, 
retail prices to reflect the price that they're paying for the wholesale gas. And the reason why wholesale gas prices continue to be at that level is because of all of the progress that we've made. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they were, you know, uh, oil and gas prices are, are, are moving around, but they are significantly lower now than they were a couple of months ago. What? The progress you've made? Gas station owners have to just take the exact dollar that they get and charge that exact dollar to the customer? Does he understand how free market works? Do you, does anyone begrudge the gas station owner who's selling Reese's peanut butter cups to make a profit? Trying to make a little bit of profit on the gas? They're not gouging. They're not the problem. You know the problem. What an insult. And by the way, the Saudis are looking to say, look, they're not an ideal partner. But they're a partner. We prefer them in a bad neighborhood, along with Israel, to be an ally. And they gave us the Abraham Accords because we sincerely blew up the Iranian deal. And they said that is a sign of loyalty. This administration had a president that said they're a pariah nation and then started opening up talks with Iran. So Saudi Arabia goes, okay, I'm going to talk to China. I'm going to talk to Russia. And I'm going to cut oil production. I am not defending the Saudis. But you got to be street smart. Brian Deese, cut three. Why should U.S. taxpayers subsidize uh, Saudi security, you know, when they're not willing to subsidize U.S. gasoline prices? Yeah. So I have um, uh, totally understand the question. I have no announcements about any of that uh, today um, and would say that, uh, as we mentioned yesterday, um, we will be assessing and consulting closely with Congress around uh, a range of issues um, uh, on the back end of this. So let me give you an idea of what we're looking at nationwide. I don't know what your gas is. Give give us a call, one 408 7669 But today, gas is three eighty nine on the average. If you're in California, you laugh at that. It's $6.39. Nevada, five fifty. Oregon, five fifty three. Uh, Washington State, five thirty eight, Arizona, four fifty five. The problem is the gas prices are going up and will go up further, which is why the market is going down. Scary. The U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve, save for things like Katrina or a world war, is down to a 40 year low, the lowest level since 1984. And it's artificially flooding our market in order to keep the prices down because he's got an election November 8th. And he knows how devastating that is. So what are his options? To make oil and gas companies stop selling to other countries, that'll blow them up because they have a certain forecast too. Number two, we could go Venezuela. We'll give you money to let Chevron go back to your company and Shell drill go to your uh, offshore drilling for gas. Really? Take a year and a half to build up that, uh, that renegade country's infrastructure. But we would do it. You get a few million barrels on the line. Guess who would benefit? Cuba, Iran, China, and Russia. This is the all-star team of our enemies. That's actually an option they're considering. They're also saying sign this bad nuclear deal, and then we'll lift sanctions allowing you, Iran, to flood the market with a million barrels a day, and that would bring the price down. But at what cost? Do we have any integrity at all? Here's Tim Stewart with Larry Kudlow yesterday. Cut four. You know, Russia holds uh, 40% of the Venezuelan projects alone. And so if we're going to Venezuela, we're going to Russia, we're helping OPEC+. Plus. Uh, Again, it's illiterate. It's an illiterate policy, and, and we shouldn't have to be in this situation. you got to know what you don't know. And what the president consistently says, and Brian Deese backs him up, you blame gas station owners and American oil companies? Do you not? They evidently had a meeting 
a quiet meeting behind closed doors with these oil and gas companies, at which time they got to let these oil and gas companies got to go educate America about what you're doing, why you're not gouging, how environmentally sound you are, especially compared to the rest of the world. And they tell me in the oil business, if you want dirty oil, you go to Venezuela. It makes no sense. Larry Kudlow's been doing this for over 50 years. He can't make out what the game plan is. Cut seven. Once again, the Bidens are running to hug that famous democracy-loving U.S. ally, Nicolas Maduro, the president of Venezuela, the leading socialist communist country in South America, for literally a couple of additional barrels of very dirty oil. Maduro is supposed to turn Venezuela back into a freedom-loving democracy in return for which Maduro is supposed to agree to free and fair presidential elections. Mind you, that country is essentially being run by the Cuban Secret Service. We're going to take a time out so I give Geraldo some time to talk. It's not even debatable what we should be doing. Instead, they're really debating banning all new leases on offshore drilling. All new leases. This pain at the pump is going to cost them in the booth, the voting booth. Unless you disagree, which I'm more than happy to hear a pushback, I believe things are lining up for Republicans because of the reality of the policies are so bad, Americans will have no choice. You listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, don't move. Both sides, all opinions. It's Brian Kilmeade. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. So the first thing is this is an old story made to look new. The second uh, aspect of it is there's not going to be an indictment of Hunter Biden between now and Election Day. Why? He's a politically sensitive figure. The U.S. Attorney's Manual says 90 days before election, we don't take any uh, public actions in criminally politically sensitive cases. So if you know something's old and it's been made to look new and it's not about something that's imminent, you have to ask yourself what happened. And that's what they're talking about, the Hunter Biden indictment. They could be coming down. A lot of people think it's a head fake. I'm one of them. I'm saying this is not about Hunter Biden and not paying his taxes with a bad, not being accurate, trying to fill out a gun form. This should be about Hunter Biden doing international investment deals that could circumvent the security of our country and compromise his dad, the president, who, according to the emails that have been verified now as authentic, were uh, Tony Bobulinski was his partner. That's exactly who he was. So they said yesterday indictment could be imminent by a attorney that Biden left in place that was put there by Donald Trump. Here's more from Solomon on the dynamics of this case. Cut 15. There are four dynamics going on. The first is a lot of new evidence has emerged since the summer of Joe Biden being a little bit more involved in Hunter Biden seeing meeting with more of his business partners, having keys to one of his business offices, being listed as a business partner on a document. So the evidence is starting to move towards Hunter Biden or Joe Biden. This story tries to focus the story back on Hunter Biden. Secondly, uh, there is uh, FBI is under assault. The Republicans are likely to take over. They're worried about their reputation. The FBI wants people to know we did our job. Third thing, U.S. attorney did some grand jury activity. There are discussions going on with the Justice Department. And fourth, there are people around Joe Biden who would like to see Hunter Biden make a plea deal and make this go away. But his lawyer has made clear in public he's not going to do that. All of those four things are likely at play in this leak of an old story made to look new on this night. 
Geraldo just walked in, but he knows the case hey, of the Hunter Biden. Great to see you. You too. And the last part, what John Solomon was just saying, is something that Miranda Devine found Great out, too. Great reporter, John Solomon, by yeah. the way. Um, they just found out that Hunter Biden was offered a deal. He'd be charged with a felony, and he doesn't want to do the deal. And, is that so? And the White House that is pushing him to take it. And he's like, no. And that is passive aggressive because obviously sitting down for a trial, if you're Hunter Biden, if it comes to that, they could they could up the charges and, and pull back this deal. Oh, for sure. If they went for every literal charge that they could get against him, they'd be as long as your arm. It sounds like a father-son kind of beef that's the subtext here. Why would he not, you know, uh, face up to the responsibility? I heard, and uh, and uh, uh, Jonathan Turley wrote about, and uh, the New York Post has covered uh, extensively and 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 well that they were on the verge of a whole bunch of stuff, but that he would take a deal, that they would wrap it all into one deal with very little, if any, prison time, and then the. Outrage would be how basically he skated and it won't be anything about foreign influence, peddling, or anything like that. It'll just be all about uh, tax evasion, the the gun, uh, lying on the gun application, and, and the, the kind of ministerial, small-time small stuff. But if, he's, if he doesn't take the deal, he, it's because he's, he's screwing with his father. That's my theory. And, and the theory's solid if you think about that exchange he had with his daughter— and remember the right. exchange when he said to her, Horrible. when he said to her, I'll never do to you what pop does to me. And that is pay a, a, a portion of everything that you earned. I support this family. Resentment. Passive aggressive to write the book. To write the book and do a book tour that brings all this up. And even somebody like as innocuous as Jimmy Kimmel would say, have you ever thought about Apple Care when it comes, <laughs> you know, and then people would laugh at it. But you know what it says? The laptop's real. You dropped it's it all off. real. It's what what gets me is to back off the legal aspect and just be a, a parent for a second. What is it about this guy where his father is at the top of the of the food chain in, in American political life? Now he's president, but he was vice president for a long time, a very prominent senator for a long time. What does it say about you that not only do you do all this stuff with crack and hookers and so forth, but you film almost everything? Uh, you have the, the a kind of malignant narcissism. That uh, you, it, you, it's all about you. It's a kind of a a, a, a wacky dysfunction. Right. It, it, there's a. I, I still say it's a father son hatred. Uh, but, but why would you do that? Why would you take your whole family down and and besmirch them well, in that way? A couple of things. I think Joe Biden. If you have, do you have anybody that you know that's had drug problems or alcohol problems? Of course. You ever – the frustration you feel is they won't get off. They blow off appointments. Right. They blow up your family right. and everything. Right, So I have direct uh, contact with that too. Either. Right. And knowing that, President Biden was also letting him do international deals that would bring un- uncommon stress, whether it's the Burisma board or CEFC deals with high-ranking Chinese, Kazakhstan, Russian officials. What kind of parent – Puts a guy who's who, who's in and out of rehab into that type of stressful situation. It's a parent in denial. Just as so many American families now have that person in their family, and you say, well, this time will be different. This time, so if I him give him this response, yeah, the stakes are so high that you're not going to be that petty 
you know, self-abusing, you know, flamboyant uh, transgressor that you are at home. It's, it's wishful thinking, and it never gets better. I, I really believe it, and I've done uh, so many stories about it, that once a junkie, always a junkie. And now you have this guy now on the verge of, and he's making a deal. What, ki- what kind of standing does he have to negotiate uh, a deal? I'll he tell you, he, he should thank his lucky stars that he's got a father. So I'll tell you what, what's in Miranda's story. She says they tried to get him to take a plea deal up to a felony as he refuses the charges could be upped. said if he refuses, the charges could be up to FARA violations, money laundering, with the potential for a trail right to Delaware. And he goes, somebody, one former prosecutor put it, Hunter suffers from uberism, a fatal arrogance. He always received whatever he demands. Oh, I, I see that. I see that. But I wonder, isn't Dr. Jill, is, isn't she a, psych- a psychologist? Isn't that? I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, you would she think, should know. If you read some of these emails, they don't really love her either. Uh, the Doping of America with you, Geraldo, your new series available on Fox Nation. Episode one, America's Heroin High. Episode two, Cocaine Crime and Cartels. Episode three, Synthetics and Social Media. Sounds like a great series. Is it ready? Is it on? Is it's it ready. It is available right now. And it comes at a time when with fentanyl, as long as I've been in the business, as long as I've chased this dragon, I've never seen anything like this. This is way worse than heroin, way worse than crack. The 109,000 overdose deaths in the last 12 months. This is, Brian, I'm telling you, this is a different kind of story. Right. Why this isn't the number one story in America I agree. Uh, is unbelievable. I agree. So, so we'll get another reason to get Fox Nation. Geraldo, great to see you. Thanks, brother. Co nice host, are you on the five tonight? I am. All right. You'll be playing yourself? I will play myself. All right. Look for Geraldo. <laughs> I may use the Brian Kilmeade voice. <laughs> From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. My so-called friends slash handlers around me told me, like, if I said that I like Trump, that my career would be over, that my life would be over. Uh, They said stuff like people get killed for wearing a hat like that. They threatened my life. They put my life. They basically said that I would be killed uh, for uh, wearing the hat. I had uh, uh, someone call me last night and said anybody wearing a White Lives Matter shirt is going to be greenlit, and that means that they're going to beat them up if they wear it. And I'm like, you know, okay, green light me then. Uh, that is Kanye West or Yee West. What do we call him? Yay West? Uh, with Tucker last night, part two will be today. They were supposed to speak for 30 minutes, end up being two hours. That's why there's two parts. And at which time he's talking about it being conservative. He also talked about divorce. He also talked about how the Kardashians were kind of holding him back and his handlers were telling him not to come out for Trump. Little things that disappointed about Trump, too, and about the country. But Rob Smith watched it. He's an Iraq vet, founder and president of the Douglas Society and host of Can't Cancel Rob Smith, a Rob Smith podcast. Rob, welcome. Hey, thanks, Brian. It's good to talk to you. Can you relate to what Kanye West said? Absolutely, Brian, like on so many different levels. I guess, first of all, let's go to um, this conversation that he had about being canceled, about all of his handlers and all of the people around him saying that you can't come out for Trump, you can't wear that hat, uh, you cannot do this or else your life and your career and everything will be over. I'm personally a black man that came out in support of Trump and support of the Republicans about four years ago, uh, right around 2018. And what 
he is saying is right. You literally do lose everything. I think that people can't really comprehend uh, the forces that exist in this society that want to put put black people, particularly African-American men, in that sort of leftist, in that Democrat box. I lost friends. I lost job opportunities. I had fraternity brothers that literally will not even speak to me anymore. I got disinvited from weddings. I got excommunicated uh, from society just because I made a decision to vote a certain type of way. And that's what Kanye West is speaking to. And I think that when he speaks about it, he is speaking about it on such a larger level than I think a lot of people can appreciate because he is, uh, you know, such a, a cultural powerhouse. He is such a superstar. He has the amount of pressure that is on him to toe the line is immense because if you look at that industry, particularly in hip-hop culture, particularly in rap culture, there are very few people that are doing, that are doing or saying anything that is outside of the approved script for African-Americans in the society. So he was going up against so much at that point in time. And now, you know, four years later, four years outside of that, he's still standing. He's bigger than ever. He won a Grammy for the Jesus is King album. He is saying all of these things that I think a lot of African-Americans are really thinking, but they're not uh, emboldened mm. to say it because they're afraid of being canceled. Well, overall, before I get to another cut, what was your impression of the interview? Because his intelligence is, is, is obvious. But a lot of times he would segue and bring up Tanya Harding and other things where I'm thinking to myself, this is so far from the question. It's all interesting, but I could see that there's a lot going on there. What was your impression? My impression was that it was a very freewheeling conversation. And I think that, you know, Kanye West is an artist. This is not somebody that's necessarily media trained, but saying, okay, I'm going to get from point A to point B to point C. And when I sat down and watched the interview, he generally brought it all the way back. And the thing that struck me the most, Brian, about the interview, I'm going to talk about this um, on Can't Cancel uh, Rob Smith probably uh, on Monday, is that he is very lucid. He's very clear. Now, I remember doing a lot of cable news stuff and a lot of media around the time that he came out for Trump in 2018. And there was this idea that Kanye, because Kanye West has admitted to uh, being bipolar and has admitted to having mental health issues in the past. And so that admission, a lot of people use as sort of uh, this bait to say, well, you can't listen to him. He's crazy. He's this. He's that. And the lucidity and the clarity of, of thoughts and the clarity of mind that he portrayed in that interview is what struck me the most. This is not a crazy person. Right. This is not somebody that is, quote, unquote, off his meds. Uh, this is not somebody that is speaking gibberish. This is somebody that has actually had a lot of time to think about the things that he is saying and the points that he was making. No question. Uh, here's an idea of what he says. Uh, comes from why he was wearing the lanyard he was wearing. In case you don't know, he was wearing a lanyard coming from a, a show in, was it a fashion show in Paris? Of a fetus. Uh, a fetus in a, uh, from a in the, uh, ultrasound. Cut 28. So you just came from Paris Fashion Week. You just landed, and yeah. the lanyard's still on from it, and there's a photograph on it. What is that? It's a photograph of a baby's ultrasound. Why is that? And that you designed that? Yes. Why? What does that mean? Uh, it just represents life. I'm pro-life. Boy, so you wear it on a badge. What, what kind of response do you get? And, and good, amen, I agree. I don't care about people's responses. I care about the fact that there's more 
black babies being aborted than born in New York City at this point, that 50% of black death in America is abortion. So I really don't care about people's responses. I perform for an audience of one, and that's God. What's your reaction to not only his action, but his response? Uh, It's very profound. First of all, the pro-life conversation among the the black community is very profound because uh, Democrats and the left have sort of convinced uh, African-Americans in this country that killing their babies is somehow health care. And I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, Brian, but even I was not aware, and a lot of people are not aware, that Planned Parenthood was uh, was started by a white supremacist and eugenicist named Margaret Sanger, who wanted to quote, and this is a real quote, exterminate the black population like weeds. A lot of people do not know that because that is not a message that the mainstream media is going to allow to be put out there. I believe that, I think that I didn't even realize that until about three or, or four years ago. I think I, I heard Candace Owens talking about it um, via one of her platforms at the time. So I thought that that was very profound in sort of this pro-life message and this, I, in the fact that abortion does kill so many black babies, that it's, you know, it's killing not only the black babies, but it's also shrinking the African-American population in this country. That's why it stays stagnant um, at about 11 to 12 percent. And he's getting that message out to an audience that is so much broader than I think anybody that has ever said that message before. And I want to make one more point here about Planned Parenthood and about how abortion is marketed so heavily to black women in this country. Their CEO is a black woman. And I knew a couple of years ago when they were looking for CEOs and they were sort of going back and forth about that, I said, the next person that they're going to put at the head of this organization and as the face of this organization is a black woman, because they're going to use this black women to convince other black women in this country um, that killing their babies is the only option that they have. So to, to wrap that all up, Kanye is having this pro-life conversation. He's having the conversation about how abortion affects the African-American community, and he is reaching an audience that is broader uh, than most people on this planet can ever reach. So my thing is, about him, is two weeks later he could be saying that Tucker Carlson's a terrible person and Donald Trump's, uh, you know, he could go go flip to a 180. I mean, the way he acted in the White House a few years ago when he was there was not normal. The way he was last night was interesting. I don't care what you think about what he thinks. He's smart. And he's interesting. Then you could we could do this, but in three weeks, if he's saying the exact opposite and not, re, you know, remember he turned on Candace Owens. I don't know the circumstances, but now they have together have this new shirt out called "White Lives Matter." Now people were yeah. getting fired for saying "All Lives Matter." Remember that that Grant Napier said "All Lives yeah. Matter" and they fired him. So listen to this exchange. We're talking about Rob Smith. He's got a great podcast. Uh, out there, it's called You Can't Cancel Rob Smith. Uh, Rob, listen to this. Cut 26. You know, people, they're looking for an explanation, and people say, well, as an artist, you don't have to give an explanation, but as a leader, you do. Yes, I think that's right. So the answer to why I wrote White Lives Matter on a shirt is because they do. It's the obvious thing. Yeah. Why, why do you think that's so, and, and I assume the implication is, of course, all lives matter because they're lives, because God created them. Yeah. Why do you think that that would be considered controversial? Because 
the same people that have stripped us of our identity and labeled us as a, as a color have told us what it means to be black and the vernacular that we're supposed to have. Do you want to build on that? You know, it's very interesting. The um, He either tweeted or Instagram something after sort of that, that photo came out and broke the Internet. He said, Black Lives Matter is a scam. Now it's over. You're welcome. And I think that the shirt is not so much about whether, you know, white lives matter or black lives matter or Asian lives matter or anything like that. I think that the shirt is supposed to start a conversation and expose the hypocrisy of Black Lives Matter and BLM Inc. Now, two years outside of the BLM riots that destroyed, you know, black uh, neighborhoods all across the country and destroyed black businesses and created billions of dollars in property damage, you weren't allowed to expose the hypocrisy of what was going on at the time. I know I personally took a lot of blowback. Uh, from from you know saying what I had to say in my podcast and, and doing cable news and, and all of that stuff. But now, two years later, people are starting to ask questions. Where did this $90 million go? What was this all about? Why is one of the co-founders of BLM have a um, $5 million real estate portfolio? The African-American community is starting to open their eyes to the scam that was BLM Inc., People are starting to realize that they got hustled, that they got had. And there are some people that are willing to admit that they got had. And there are some people that are going to double down on, on this Black Lives Matter, BLM, BLM Inc., et cetera. And the point that Kanye made about the fact that they have stripped black people of their identity and made them a color the BLM stuff and the Black Lives Matter movement and all of that stuff was all about trying to teach or trying to force a way of being black among the entire African-American population. Remember, Joe Biden said, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. And this is what Democrats on the left have been doing for decades and decades and decades. So like I said, the white lives matter thing, I don't know if it's about white lives matter or, or Asian lives matter or Latino lives matter or black lives matter or anything like that. I think that the point of the statement and the point of the shirt was to expose the hypocrisy of BLM Inc. and to end that fraudulent movement once and for all, as only somebody like Kanye could do. Right. Real quick, on, on rapper Lizzo, who's an overweight rapper who's played the James, James Madison's flute. I don't know how she got permission to do that from, uh, uh, from, from the Smithsonian. Cut 29. Lizzo works with my trainer, a friend of mine, Harley Pasternak. Harley, Harley Pasternak. When Lizzo loses... 10 pounds and announces it, the bots, uh, that's a term for uh, people like, it's like telemarketer call, callers, right. like on Instagram, they attack her for losing weight because the media wants to put out a perception that being overweight is the new goal when it's actually unhealthy. Yes. Let's get aside the fact of whether it's fashion and vogue, which it's not. Let's, let's just, or if someone thinks it's attractive, to each his own. It's actually clinically unhealthy. And for people to, to promote that, um, it's, a, it's demonic. You agree? 
You know, I, I, I do agree. And I want to take it one step further because you have to look at how somebody like Lizzo is elevated in the society. So somebody like Lizzo is there. It is not just that Lizzo is obese. It's that Lizzo is twerking. It's that Lizzo uh, bends over and exposes her rear into cameras at NBA games. It's that Lizzo does uh, videos for Instagram where she's walking on a private jet in a song with everything out there. It's not so much that she's obese and overweight, uh, but it's the vulgarity of this. And so this kind of vulgarity, by the way, you would never see among uh, from a woman of any other race. There are um, obese or heavier set white women. There's the Ashley Grahams of the world. There was even Adele before she lost her weight. These people would never um, be presented like that in mainstream media. It's only a black woman, Lizzo. Why is that? And Kanye made the point that it's about glorifying obesity. I think that it's specifically about glorifying obesity um, among African-American women. And she is one of the symbols that, that does that. And for me, it's unfortunate because I, I actually am a, a fan of hers. I, her music is great. She's actually somebody that's seriously talented. Uh, but she is being used to push an obesity agenda that is not healthy, that is not mm -hmm. aspirational, uh, that is deeply, deeply unhealthy to an American populace. And right. when you take it a step further and realize that these are people, you know, the left and the Democrat agenda and all that stuff, they want Americans fat. They want them complacent. Right. They want them government dependent. Well, I'll tell you why. And so that's just a part of the agenda. And think about the health care strain, too, on top of that. It's all preventable. Exactly. Rob Smith, where do we get your podcast? Yes, you can find Can't Cancel Rob Smith Monday through Friday on Apple Podcasts, iHeart Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope uh, I call my fans my problematics because we are problematic thinkers, and I welcome you all to uh, join me. All right. Uh, Rob, thanks so much. Always appreciate your insight. Rob Smith, thank you. Uh, also, he's an Iraq vet. When we come back, we'll, uh, we'll take some of your calls. This is The Brian Kilmeade Show. Learning something new every day on The Brian Kilmeade Show. A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Welcome back, everybody. Just fascinating to see Kanye West continue to be a fascinating figure and I guess be a, still be able to be a dominant in fashion and music. Uh, John Chris is coming up next hour. He's been a great guest on TV and radio here, up-and-coming comedian, really established, selling out across the country. But what he's really known for, first and foremost, not only what he does on stage, what he does on social media the guy is hysterical, just holding up, it like, seems to be just his iPhone and just going at it. Here he is talking about soccer and golf. Cristiano Ronaldo with a shot to get back to even. Really has a chance to sink this one. It should go a bit right to left, but he's got a good look at it. We'll need the ball back in his stance just a bit. Solid contact, and he sinks it. Really nice stroke there. Tigers found an opening on 12. He needs this four-foot putt for par. All he needs to do is take it as Dad, See, if, imagine if a golf commentator and a soccer commentator switch cadences and approaches. See how that would go. Here's John Chris as an irritated weatherman. David Watson's been monitoring traffic, but first we go to Ryan Marshall, who's out monitoring the snowfall. Ryan, what's it look like out there? Yeah, uh, it looks like snow, just like I predicted in my forecast 
from the studio. I'm not sure why I'm out here literally looking around. It looks like snow. You could just take a video of it snowing and show that. Why do I have to be here to describe snowfall? It's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Seems like the cold has gotten you in an icy mood yourself, Ryan. Okay, you know what, Shannon? I am in an icy mood, okay? Nice pun. <laughs> How many times do you think that Janice would like to do that? Oh, every other man, right? It's right. Like- Janice Dean would definitely, she's got to hear that. That would be perfect. Why do they have to stand in the weather? It's not their fault. From the Fox News Radio Studios in Midtown Manhattan, it's the fastest growing radio talk show. Brian Kilmeade. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest moments of the Brian Kilmeade Show from 48th and 6th in Midtown Manhattan. Heard around the country, around the world. I know you're here at the station. Locally, I think people know uh, what's been going on because he's a national figure. Bernie McGurk, he's one of the most talented people you heard on radio. You heard him for years with IMIS. He was in our building for the longest time when IMIS was simulcasting out of here on Fox Business. And uh, then he got his own show with Sid, and he and Sid dominated in the morning on WABC, which is, uh, well, lucky enough to have our station heard on 77 WABC from 10 to noon every day. Uh, his passing was stunning. It's uh, to everyone in New York or to people that know him. He lives on Long Island, worked in Manhattan, uh, born, in the, uh, born, I, I believe, in, uh, in the Bronx, in Brooklyn. So he's just the greatest guy. Passed away at 64 to cancer. So uh, a lot of people should keep him in, in your mind and will keep people at, uh, on the top of your mind and keep people, let people know uh, what's going on with terms of services commemorating his life and his family. Uh, when we come, uh, bottom of the hour, John Christ is going to be with us, uh, a guy that loves talking about what's happening in the news, puts out there his own tapes, likes to mock the news industry, as well as uh, he'll news duel with us on One Nation, which is going to be at 8 and 11 o'clock on Saturday night. On Sundays... It's Shannon Bream on Fox News Sunday, and in a matter of moments, she's going to be joining us. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. The member of his inner circle that allegedly confronted him, and according to that reporting, Dmitry Peskov in the Kremlin has denied that President Putin himself was directly confronted. But according to that reporting, it was a member of President Putin's inner circle. Now, now that could be anyone. We don't know. We don't know the name. Yeah, that's report overseas. Pressure on Putin from his own inner circle. This according to a Washington Post report. And now this war is blowing up in his face, uh, scoring, scaring many people who think a desperate Putin will use a nuclear weapon. What about you? Number two. But the FBI and the Justice Department got him for tax evasion. Mm. And this is what really is going on here, I think, is a tax evasion is just opening the door to what's really going on behind the scenes. Yes, uh, the Hunter hijinks is back. Uh, the officials are leaking to, uh, to the press that they are about to charge him. The wheels of justice are working, but will they charge him on a real charge? And will it get to the president? We'll discuss that. Number one. They worship the false god of climate. That's what Joe Biden went after by attacking American energy. Day number one in office with killing Keystone and stopping oil and gas leasing. Yes. John Barrasso knows it. Refueling a red wave. That's what the Saudis did by cutting oil production. And the Democratic panic is quite entertaining. But their policy response is dangerous and un-American. Let's bring in Shannon Bream, anchor of Fox News Sunday and Fox News' chief legal correspondent, author of Mothers and Daughters of the Bible Speak. Shannon, welcome back. 
is great to be with you. Market's not loving, even though the jobs report was a little bit higher than they thought. The market is tanking right now because of what the Saudis did. And they cut long, an OPEC plus has cut production by a significant amount. And the, and the price of gas and mm-hmm. keeping your home warm is going to go up. This administration seems to be scrambling, caught by surprise. Should they have really been caught by surprise, Shannon? Well, you know, they made such overtures, and there was so much stuff you know, publicly and behind the scenes trying to make sure that the production would tick up and not be cut by 2 million barrels. So I do think they're sort of shocked. Um, but you have to look around and see how these relationships work. And right now they're not working for the White House. They seem to be, in many cases, working to the advantage of Vladimir Putin and the destruction he wants to wage on you know, European energy and the global markets. Um, but, yeah, they do seem caught back on their heels with this. So their answer is going to Venezuela or Iran. I thought this this president said we're going to put human rights rights at the forefront of all our policy. Not if you go to Venezuela and Iran, ask them to put a million barrels onto the world market or mm-hmm. or, or re or, or reprime the Venezuelan oil and gas structure, which would be with Shell and maybe Chevron. You'd mm-hmm. be circumventing all your values and beliefs. I would thought. I thought. Guess who Brian Deese is blaming. Again, they blame the gas station owners. Listen to this. Cut to what we believe needs to happen, consistent with market principles, is that the energy energy companies need to reduce uh, retail prices to reflect the price that they're paying for the wholesale gas. And the reason why wholesale gas prices continue to be at that level is because of all of the progress that we've made. Uh, what is he even talking about? So stop making a profit, Shannon. I've said this for the longest time. That profit stuff is terrible. Well, I mean, that's not what America was built on, Brian. (laughs) Oh, it was. (laughs) Yes, it was. Um, Yeah, it was. And listen, when you talk about bringing down prices, they go after the refiners and you know the crude producers and that kind of thing. But remember, we—I feel like a uh, like a Groundhog Day. This president said multiple times during the campaign, "We're going to get rid of fossil fuels." These producers will now say we had to convert like a third of our productions over to green because that's what the president told us he was going to do, like stomp us out, and we've had to try to. So now when they come back to us and say like, "You guys need to ramp up production and quit gouging everybody," like it cost tens of billions of dollars to, quote, ramp up production. You don't just turn that on a dime. And they had, you know, during COVID, they invested tens of billions of dollars to stay operational because they knew eventually it would be over and we'd be back in business and driving our cars and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, to go after the people who are on the business end of producing and selling the oil when, you know, you've, you've told them you were going to get rid of them is a very interesting take. That's so interesting that you use the word interesting. A poor intake. It's, it's against human beliefs and values. Uh, the oil and gas companies got to do a better job sticking up for themselves. You know how dirty they say the oil from out from Venezuela is, and how how mm-hmm. responsible our oil and gas companies are. There are yeah, mistakes by made for sure. So what, absolutely. So I want to talk about this. Uh, there's a report in the Washington Post that said that they're about to charge Hunter Biden. And the cover of the New York Post says, charge him already. A four-year investigation led by U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who was nominated by Donald Trump and not fired by Joe Biden. We thought we were going to get to the bottom of who the big guy is, as if we don't know. But instead, they're going to look to indict him on filling out a, a lying about a when he was applied to get a gun and, mm-hmm. uh, and to maybe charge him with a felony for not paying his taxes. That would be a gift to the Biden family. 
It would be. And the timing is so interesting. It's weird to me. It's like whiplash. Two years ago at this time, we had all of these allegations regarding Hunter Biden, his laptop, all kinds of things that, you know, they weren't out making blanket denials like these are not his emails. He never said any of that stuff. We kept waiting for that from the Biden camp. Now, we did get other people around them saying it's Russian disinformation. You can't believe any of it. You remember social media groups um, and companies that wouldn't even allow you to share the stories, the reporting that New York Post and Tucker and others were doing on this. And now here we are a few weeks out from the midterms and there's this leak potentially um, that there could be charges coming. But you're right. They're they're not on the substance of what Tony Bobolinsky and others have alleged um, about whether or not the vice then vice president, now president, um, was directly involved or knew anything about what his son was doing or that it was all above board. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the timing is really weird. But as you mentioned, what, you know, what they're potentially allegedly thinking about charging him with, um, you know, it's it's not what his biggest critics would like to see investigated. And maybe there are investigations on that front going on as well about the foreign business dealings, et cetera. All right. So here's what uh, did you watch the Tony Bobolinsky interview? I did. Right. Uh, So he comes out. He's got more details. He'll back up everything with hard drives. He already gave four or five hours of his free time to the FBI. The grand jury uh, stunningly has never called him. Mm -hmm. Listen to what he said. Here's a little bit about what he said about how the FBI never followed up. And this guy, Tebold, who's now mysteriously retired, uh, while saying that he had nothing to do with bias in the FBI. Cut eight. You know, I was ready to sit down with anybody that needed me to or travel wherever I wanted to. And um, they were supposed to be working a follow-up interview. And Tim Tebow, in his last discussion with my legal counsel, was, listen, we know Tony's cooperating. We appreciate all the information he's provided. Uh, We will follow up with you. We're definitely going to have him come in uh, for a follow-up interview or spend some more time on this. And um, I haven't heard from him since. Well, uh, the Tebow's people said that he has nothing to do with that. They passed everything over to the mm-hmm. Baltimore uh, division of the FBI. So that's another. There's a lot of subplots here. But again, Bobolinsky not being called by a Trump-appointed U.S. District Attorney. I mean, it, it, because if if he's guy the guy that says he's willing, I mean, he stuck his neck out. If you're going to go out there publicly and say, "Here are the emails. These are my accusations." Um, that's that's a risk, and, and he's clearly made that calculated risk. But to think that the authorities don't want to hear from him and see his information is odd at best. Um, you know, part of the statement that came out from Tebow's legal team says that they were in communications with him. They told him if he wanted to submit evidence, um, they could contact Tebow to arrange it. Um, Tebow says he documented the call, provided, as you said, the information to the Baltimore field office, and then they never heard from Bobolinsky's counsel after that. So there's some talking past each other on exactly what happened, but it's it's clear. It sounds like Bobolinsky is like, hey, if you guys want to call me, I'm standing by the phone. I'm waiting to hear from you. And if you're investigating that portion of the allegations against Hunter, I don't know how you do it without talking to him. Right. Uh, and, you, and you talked for, as a legal expert, too. Shannon, lastly, it looks like the the report is from Miranda Devine that he wants to he's refusing the plea deal. And if he does, that would open up. uh, He's being charged with a felony. He's refusing that deal. If he does refuse it, I understand the process could mean that they could up the charges, include FARA violations, money laundering with a potential trail right to Delaware and to his father. One former prosecutor put it like this. Hunter suffers from hubrism, a fatal arrogance. He always received he always received what he demanded. What do you think about a guy that would turn down that plea deal? It would get worse for him. 
Yeah, and his attorney has got to be advising his client, like, okay, you realize that all these other doors are going to open if you don't take what potentially is on the table. Um, But I think that's such a good point. If he's never had to kind of face the music for the difficult things he's been through and the choices that he's made in the past, he may feel untouchable. And you may think, like, I'm the president or son of the current president. It's going to be fine for me. Um, And there's just so much political drama that gets drawn into it. That's a lawyer, Shannon. Is that possible? Maybe me with no legal. He is a lawyer. I would tell him take the deal. But he is a lawyer. Yeah, he should know. He should know better. But again, if you've never had to pay the penalty or consequences for a lot of what you've done, then you may feel like this is just like all the others. They're not actually – what are they going to do, put the president's son in jail? He's not going to think that's a possibility. But if I'm his attorney, I'm going to say you need to deal with the possibility that that's a reality, and let's get serious about this thing because you don't want all those other doors to open. But all those other business partners outside Bobolinsky are in jail. I mean, you got that mm-hmm. uh, Devin Archer's in jail. The CEFC guy, his Chinese contact has disappeared. I mean, the Ukrainian contacts, his Kazakhstan, does he want to really expose that? I think it's passive aggressive against his dad. I'm telling you, if you read some of those Ooh. emails, that this he does not mind exposing his father on some level. I mean, we just watched with Herschel Walker's son, who was an ally to him, and you would see technically. Mm-hmm. But remember that exchange he had with his daughter. I'll never... I will never right. put you make you share your earnings like I have to do with uh, with my dad. So yeah, I mean there are communications there that definitely have that tension between the two of them. But my goodness, would you risk that? Would you risk a presidency over an interfamily squabble? I don't know. They, they it sounds like they need to talk to Dr. Brian. Get right. on the couch or Dr. Drew, you're who gonna, went to college you're for gonna, this. Exactly. Break it down. Find out just how destructive we could potentially be when we have family feuds. All right. So, Shannon, if you want to roll this soundbite from my show, Brian Kilmeade postulated on Friday. uh, And here's what he said on Fox News Sunday. Besides that soundbite, what else do you have? Well, we're going to lead with that, and then we'll transition into some other news. Um, we've got Stacey Abrams with us this week. We're very excited. Um, we had Governor Kemp. You know, they had that heated 2018 race. They're at it again. I'm not sure the dust has ever settled over the 2018. She says she's been misconstrued about conceding, not conceding the race. So we will get her explanation on that, on defunding the police, abortion. I have a feeling the Senate race in Georgia is going to come up as well. We've got former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on all of the foreign policy stuff, including the president saying we're closer to nuclear Armageddon than we've been since the Cuban Missile Crisis. And then to cleanse your palate, we'll take you outside the Beltway. We've got Jim Gray because there are a lot of hot sports stories. I think you're familiar with the sports world, and we're going to talk to him too. Right. Uh, the Tom Brady thing is the biggest story, and I don't think he's going to answer you. I don't think he will, but you got to, you know, think about the question. Like, how much does it impact somebody even as good as the GOAT, um, as Tom Brady? On the field, when every headline and, you know, page six and all that stuff out there is talking about your potential divorce. Allison, how do you feel about that? Uh, do you think that's a good question for Shannon to go with? Mm-hmm. Any question Shannon has is oh, always that, that is so... I consult Allison before doing anything. You should know that, Brian. So um, I find she's a very good judge of all things right. that need to be decided. It is fascinating to think that what actually the rumors has happened looks like it's happening. I mean, it looks like they're getting divorced right in front of our eyes just because he wants to play football. I don't know. It's, it. it's, it's sparked a lot of, of heated husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend discussions. I think my lack of... Uh, of supreme athletic ability has really helped my relationship with my wife. I've never realized that this would come in that handy. I no don't one's know. asking I... me to have a 21-year football career, and it's really helped my home life. When I talked to her earlier this year when we were all together, she said to me she was worried about some of your um, athletic pursuits, <laughs> your Ironmans, your CrossFit. It was taking time away from the family because it's a big investment. 
She you wanted you to know that. I will quit that. That's the only reason I will not do an Ironman for the <laughs> health of my marriage. To save your marriage. <laughs> See, you're willing to step up and be, you know, sacrifice something that means so much to you. I didn't realize I was such a great person until you brought that out of me. Thank you so much, well, Shannon. Now the world knows. Shannon, we're going to watch on Fox News Sunday, and were you going to tell me to check my local listings? Check your local listings, and remember, we're leading off with Brian Kilmeade. Right, uh, my soundbite, not me. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, mm-hmm. the TV Guide comes Saturday, so I'm going to check my TV <laughs> Guide on Saturday. <laughs> Leave through, do the crossword, check your local listings. Shannon Bream, thanks. Bye. Bottom of the hour, John Chris joins us. Next is going to be you. We're going to go from Salem, Oregon, to Jacksonville, Florida, to Virginia. Don't move. Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian Kilmeade. A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade. Hey, welcome back, everybody. John Chris is going to be with us at the bottom of the hour. Uh, and, you know, he's one of America's finest comedians, certainly one of the hottest comedians selling out across the country. Also responds to the news, knows what's going on out there. So that should make it so perfect for a show like this. Uh, in fact, here he is. He does a lot of these videos and he posts them on social media. In fact, his his book called Delete That uh, uh, talks about it working all the way through social media and getting his point across. Now we evolved as a comedian. Uh, here is John talking about things you will not hear at the airport. Yeah, no, you guys can cut in front of me in line. Yeah, your flight's probably way more important than mine. The TSA line always moves super fast because when people get up to the front of the line, they always have their boarding pass and ID just, like, ready to go. Yeah, those TSA agents deserve a raise. Delayed flights? That never happens. This guy's wearing a neck pillow in the airport? Probably has a hot girlfriend. That emotional support rabbit? Yeah, she definitely needs it. Carrying a full-size pillow through the airport? Nah, she's not a psychopath. Getting a massage in the airport? No, that's not creepy at all. I hope I'm sitting next to a baby. You know what I love? When people just stand on the moving sidewalk. It's just like super convenient for everyone. All those people in first class look so happy. Uh, That is, the last one was true. (laughs) I was going to say, some of those are like directed at you, right? Yeah, I do feel that. I don't have a neck pillow. You don't have a neck pillow? But I will go, if I see somebody there, I'm a person who prefers a massage from a woman. I don't really go for guy massages. Uh, But if I see a massage opportunity and i have some time i will go there i am traveling with you when you you get very you're like wait i have time i can go get a massage it, it does right. make your day i mean it's one of those awkward ones where you sit in the hair with the chair with your face forward yeah. one of those i'm not i'm not getting so undressed and going john in will have to like completely just dissect your personality from that when he, he comes in next segment. and we'll have to see uh keep in mind too one nation is going to be eight and eleven o'clock john will be on that too eight o'clock on fox news channel so don't miss it also if you want to catch me on stage, and I know you do, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, KRMG fans, we talked about this this morning with Dan Potter. Uh, I want to see you November 13th because I'll be there. And I don't want to be alone. Tickets selling great, so and those uh, VIP opportunities remain. November 12th in Brandon, Mississippi. Let's go to Brandon. It'll be great. All right, John Christ is back in studio. You're smart enough to have gotten Fox Nation. Uh, he's a comedian, commentator. He's got this rich religious uh, knowledge uh, because his dad was a, uh, a minister, pastor, right? Their religious knowledge. That's a, Yeah, it's not a degree or anything, but I just spent a lot of time in church, yeah. You do. Yeah. And you said you had, this is I'll interesting. Take that. This is interesting. I spent, my old family's going from field to field. Yeah. Your whole family, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Seven. 
Right. Yeah. You didn't want to ballpark it. You get nah, right I know exactly seven. You know yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You spent a lot of time in church, right? Yeah, a lot of the, in, in, and you, you know, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. The, the growing up in church is the best. You know, the one thing I always taught you, of course, don't murder. Uh, you know, don't steal. And the third commandment was, uh, don't get a massage in the airport. Well, that's you what they said. <laughs> that is that's, not come true. On, dude. Listen, that's I, in the Bible. Well, that is in the Bible. Has to be. I did not know that, that <laughs> early uh, early man okay, was that yeah. savvy about what the Wright brothers were able to pull off yeah, and yeah, putting yeah. together flight. Yeah. No, but you you don't get a massage <laughs> in the airport. No, <laughs> dude. Well, you know, the, all right, if you ever, like, go, you're out of town. So we, but I'm it, not naked in the airport. I just go in the machine. I'm not but the they machine, have I'm the naked, chair. They do have the naked ones. That's crazy. In Dallas, Fort Worth, they have one. Go in the back room, get naked, yeah. get a massage. Uh-huh, yeah. Right. Well, the, all right, so if you're out of town in, like, a new city where you go on tour, right? So you're in, where are yeah. you going, in Tulsa? Yeah, Oklahoma uh, City? and Brandon, Mississippi. Okay. What you can't do is just Google massage and go there. Right. You cannot do, do that. Do not do no. that? No. Because? There you're going to be on the news in the morning. <laughs> you cannot. you got to look up a reputable place. Like go to a hotel right. that has like a spa or like you can't just be out here. Just I, I guess this is my reputation. Uh, my family kind of sets me up. Okay. They know I like to get a massage, okay. and they'll get a massage. And then when I when I tell them I'm going to get a massage, like, oh, okay, hot shot. Yeah, yeah, oh, go guy. take yeah. care of yourself. Oh, you oh yeah, I'll, I'll handle yeah. everything. You go yeah. get your massage. I'm like, wait, yeah. can you buy this for me? Okay, ratings are well, dude. Right? Wait, I'm getting a massage. Dude. Right. Yeah. And I get this. Um, I go to that franchise, Massage Envy. Yeah, see, go to a, go to a franchise. <laughs> go, to a, go to one that, like, oh, I know of that one. <laughs> not the one where it's 2 in the morning just blinking massage. No. Do not go to that one. See, this yeah. is a reputable one. Yeah, that's these, a massage envy is good. They have tax. They have uh, t- they file their taxes yeah, and everything. Yeah. But I envy anyone that can get an appointment because okay. every time I call massage, they're like, "We don't. You have to make an appointment way ahead of time." But my schedule doesn't. No, really dude, who's it. working for you? I mean, what? You, you can't get this guy. Drop some names. <laughs> These don't work for me. They hey, work Brian Kilmeade's coming through. Dude. Do you have yeah, the, yeah. the people that work for the people that work for you, John Christ? Yeah. Like enterprises? Are you enterprises? Uh, John Christ Entertainment. Entertainment. I like John Christ Enterprises. That sounds better though. Do you want to change it? That sounds like multiple. There's multiple things. It's not just me posting on TikTok. He's got everything. I mean, yeah. John Chris Enterprises is not just a guy posting on TikTok in the airport. All right. So we played the airport one. Should we do the NASCAR one? Or do you not think that NASCAR is funny? No, I mean, they I'm are right all here, hilarious. Dude. I'm they, right here, dude. I'm right here. He's right there. That's what do you mean? You don't think it's funny? Well, she'd be honest. She's honest with you. She goes, nah, this one's not that funny. <laughs> no, I pulled all of the very funny. They're all great, but as far as working for radio. No, they're all fantastic. Just, you know, we Oh, they got to work for radio. That's right. No, but yeah. it's edited down. So it's like what you would, I mean, John can probably because we've already played the soccer golf, which is shot. fantastic. The irritated weatherman, yeah. which I think is awesome. I mean, I got thousands of them, but yeah, yeah. So, do you mean you just have an idea, you just do it, and you, yeah, you almost forget about it? Just, well, it, once I press publish, it's kind. Of my, I'm already onto the. I sometimes I see them, but somebody goes, "That's my favorite video." I go, "I forgot I made that." Wow, it just makes so many videos. All right, so like, we'll yeah. forget about video. I'm going to have you comment on what's wow. going on. Oh, you know I'm going to have him do. I think it's a great idea, which you should have come up with, Allison. I shouldn't have come up with my own. Yep. Who pulled the shack? Who pulled the shack tape? That was me. That was you. Okay, You're great. Welcome. So, what do you do? And this is going to be your problem when you have children. Yeah. Okay. You, you're so children. famous. Yeah. And you're so rich. Yeah. Uh, what Thank about you. how are your kids going to grow Chris up not being entitled? Yeah. Listen to how Shaq, who's very similar to you, been oh, compared like to him. This. Okay. This is how he handles it. Cut 39. Because I believe in respectable nepotism. You know, I was with the Miami Heat one day, and an article came out. The grandmother left leaves the son $250 million, right? So I, I didn't think nothing of it because it's a rich family. So I go in the locker room one day to shoot, and this kid's on his knees scrubbing the bathroom floor. 
And I'm looking at him, I'm like, hey, man, didn't your grandmother just give you 250 million? Yeah, but dad wants me to start from the bottom. So he had to do that. He was picking up jocks, and he was, you know, he started in the marketing department, and now I think he's the vice president. Once I saw that, I was like, you know what? That right there is respectable nepotism. Because the kid went to Duke, his grandma gave him 250. He could have been like, I'm not doing anything. But his dad said, nope, you start from the bottom. So that's, that's what I also teach my kids. So how do you feel about this? Is that responsible? I mean, that's that's not really starting from the bottom. There's like a huge net below. If you, that's not like the G League would be yeah. truly starting from the bottom. But you got to try out. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Some guys are like in Rucker Park. That's the like you, right. You, you clean can't. the court in Rucker Park. Yeah, and if he doesn't, if he doesn't, that doesn't. If he just like, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. He's like, I know I got because you have. When I started comedy, I I, I say it's like the uh, aircraft carrier. You had a I had a nine to five job, and then you go. You know when the the air yeah. it goes and then it's it's almost hits the water and then it right that's a two hundred fifty million dollar net is like but you know, give me, it a shot okay how about this scenario your dad's not a pastor he's a yep. comedian he's Robin Williams okay my dad's Robin Williams you want to be you pick co- a live comedian <laughs> my goodness Jerry Seinfeld all right there you go so <laughs> he was good though right yeah he's great yeah, yeah one of the prolific yeah so your dad's a comedian you start yep. working your way up yep. but your dad owns a club too yeah. So and he owns a club. Do? He owns a club. Yeah. Does John Chris Jr. Yeah. not go to the club? No, he goes to the club. I would say my dad would probably make me go by a different name. So oh, I'm not would. like no I'm not like Robin Williams Jr. Right. I just got you were like your name's Scott. And then the the crowd will know. Scott Christ. Yeah. Because, would, a lot because of those, your dad would never name someone Scott. But a lot of those guys, a lot of those like uh, NASCAR drivers and stuff like that, like the, it, they're a junior. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yeah. You know, Alan Sir Jr. They'll learn Hart Jr. Because what do their dads do? Drive. Yes. They drove. So as soon as they get in that car, they're miles ahead of the guy that his dad didn't drive because they know they've seen it. They know what success looks like. Because you can't pretend Shaq can't pretend he's not ridiculously rich. And he also, and, by the way, he he is enterprises. He yeah. does everything. He is Shaq is enterprises. You see him on TV uh, every other every, commercial. Every, but and he's good. He's like great. these are yeah. semi these are semi entertaining yeah. commercials. But the worst, I would say, the worst. Is when the nepotism and the the kid is like not good. That's bad. Like Michael Jordan Jr. is like, Ugh. like he's not good. <laughs> I know. That's th- that's even worse because you're like, I just wish I was just like a guy like trying to play basketball. You know, I heard Gaddafi's son wanted to be. He was, <laughs> I know. Wanted to be a what? You want to write this down? <laughs> so Gaddafi's son wanted to be a pro soccer. You know how player. we were doing like entertainment and sports, and now you're just like, okay. so. So Gaddafi's son wanted to be a soccer player. I'm going. Wait a second. Okay. He was at his, his dictator best. Like this yeah, was Gaddafi yeah. before he was height. before he was killed by his people. At his height. Yeah. So his son was and they're like, Can someone tell can we can we tell his dad he's terrible? Oh, he wasn't good. He wasn't good. Oh, I yeah, mean better yeah. than mo like better yeah. than the average he's he's better than club ball. Yeah. But he yeah. should not have been playing pro. But they kept him on the team. You got because yeah, you got to keep him on the <laughs> you team. Gotta keep like, the hey, hey, you got to keep the dictator's son on the team. It's in your country. <laughs> right. You're keeping him. I bet, dude, you don't if, even think the analogy works. because yeah, Well, if he goes, to, I would just imagine him going to, like, the rival countries. Right. And, dude, the hell that those other crowds would give him. Right. Could you imagine? He would have Wait, to this be is real. Is this a real story? Oh, yeah. Gaddafi's son was pro. And he was just <laughs> he was not, that should not have been a pro. You're like, you, you, you can't stand And you know somebody. a lot about sports. You did not know this? No, I did not know that. That's unbelievable. Are you yeah. not a soccer fan? I, I, I'm an, uh, a, a U.S. soccer fan. Right. Nashville FC and obviously the World Cup teams. Hey, Nashville FC does well, right? Huge. We're doing, yeah, we just qualify with the playoffs. How did you know that? Is this your first year? What are the call letters of the Nashville station? We don't have one. Oh, we don't, we don't have, have one. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're out of that one. Are right. you yeah. fair on that, that one? Yeah. Not only that. That was uh, the most impressive thing last time. He knew, he knew everybody. Right. I will say this. 
It hurts that you brought that up that oh, I'm not sorry. on Nashville because we'll I get you in there. How do you do that? It's all, it's all your people down there. I know. You would think you know that they'd be people, begging me. You know what our people are? You remember this from last time? You know what our people are? You know what you called me? You remember that? What did I call you? Big red, white, and blue guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I like yeah. that. I took that. I've been using it. Have last you? two weeks. So you write in your book, and I haven't through all of it yet, but you write in your How book that's not out yet. About 100 pages. <laughs> okay. So, I saw you reading it at the but break. It's, but it's not out. It's not out yet. No, it's right? out next week, 17th. Right. And yeah. you, they handed it to you on the set. It's two on weeks pre- ago. That's the first time I ever saw it. So you, you open, got it before me. Is, should, I not, should I not talk about uh, do, you, do you care if I talk about some stuff in the book? We're already in it. I mean, you can't. Yeah. yeah. I could back out yeah, now. Talk, no, yeah. yeah we can, can roll a commercial. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, let's go to commercial. All right. How about this? So you can talk about anything you want. I did not know you needed to see somebody else do religion on stage in Los Angeles at the Comedy Magic Club for you to call yep. in True. with your background, your religious background. You thought True to yourself, story. in Los Angeles, I'm not going to bring up religion. Yeah. No one's going to know what's going on. Yeah. So tell me, this woman's killing. Killing. And she's talking about Moses and the burning bush. Yes. Why was that a revelation for you? Okay, because I, I grew up in church, and I always thought we were like a, like a, a sequestered community. Like, to, like we would drive to our church, and we would pass 20 churches on the way. My parents like, don't. These aren't. These don't even are, look. Don't even look at them. They're, they're, <laughs> hey, they have pe- that youth group has pizza. Don't even. We're not even. Yeah. They raise their hands over there. We don't. Nah, we're going to ours. Right? right. And you were just. I was homeschooled, very sheltered. So I started telling these jokes about about growing up in church. Like I would do a joke like, just because your kid's named a Bible name doesn't mean he's going to be a good kid. Because I'm pretty sure in sixth grade, a kid named Jesus stole my bike. Right. Like a, everybody, if you don't have to be a Christian, absolutely. Know that, you're and like, you were worried that no one's going to have the fundamentals. Yeah, but then, but then, I mean, if you go outside, if you go down a New York City, would everybody know who David and Goliath is? Sure. Yes. Would everybody know the Christians meet on Sunday morning? Sure. And go and give money. Right. And, and, and seventy million Christians in this country, so you yes. figure the odds are good. And now you go up at maybe a new, new, I'm in New Jersey this weekend. It'll be a little like you're not going to do a Father Abraham joke like you would down in Birmingham, Alabama. Right. It's more of a tradition down there. But I thought in L.A., you know, these people are. Comedy and Magic Club. Yeah. And I go, there's no way. And this girl was doing a joke about Moses. And, and you say it in a way like if you go to like a I mean, there's, you know, black comedy shows, uh, Muslim comedy shows, gay comedy shows, Middle East. There, there's there's a lot of themes of comedy shows. And if you weren't that specific uh, you weren't that specific uh, market. Right. You would it, you wouldn't love it, but you would get it. Right. For the most part. And that and that was a revelation because then yes. you started instead of starting saying funny stuff, you wanted funny stuff about you. About you me. heard Seinfeld yep. talking on an interview, and you so got, the yep. thing that's going to make you unique is talking about, talking your about story. you. That's it, like a Jim Gaffigan has a bit about uh you know growing up Catholic, having six having six kids, and uh, trying to steal cake at night when his kids are sleeping. No one can steal that. Right. That's his joke. Yeah. So if I talk about being homeschooled and working at Chick-fil-A, like you can't steal that. You're like, that's John's joke. You, well, yeah, and because you, you just, lived it. You, yeah, you lived it and you speak directly from your perspective. And then I just started doubling down. I and, go, I'm just going to do – I'm going to talk about – and that's when my career took off. And did it help you? Does it help you become a better person as you like as you expose yourself to the audience? That gains an attachment to the audience. They oh, feel 100%. like they know you, right? They go, yeah, there's a lot of guys that I see that are like just joke, 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 joke. And be like, we don't know him. Like I bet when right. people see you on the street, they like hug you. 
Right. And you're like, yo, I don't you I'm forget. Irish. Yeah, I'm okay. not a big hugger. <laughs> half Irish, half Italian. Oh, it's, no, it, but it people kind of goes both it. ways because you love massages but don't like hugs. So I'm I'm gonna call you right. I'm gonna call you on that I'm one. I'm living but, a double life. Yeah. <laughs> How do I do this? How am I pulling this I off? I don't I don't like physical touch at all. I'm gonna go get her a massage <laughs> super quick. Like, no hugs. I have to get in touch with myself because yeah. I don't even realize how I really feel. Yeah, you don't know. Yeah. I was like, well, I, one, I heard the last time you got a massage, you started crying in there. And I was that like, is that's not, that yeah. is not true. <laughs> and I know that's not true because my masseuses, what is plural for masseuses? Masai? Masai. Uh, mas- <laughs> she's not saying a word, dude. Right. She's like, I'm, I will say that like, they, they, they sign a confidentiality agreement. They like, much, no, like they Trump. much like Trump. Much like Trump. Trump had everybody sign a confidentiality agreement. He, like, knows. I Things are going to go off the hook here. I have people that, uh, like, if they come with me on the tour bus for the weekend. Right. Like another. <laughs> They're signing they something. Are, they have to sign. Yeah. Right. But if you, like, someone comes to clean my house, you can't be asking people to sign an NDA for that. I think Trump does. That's like I think Drake does. He does if, do yeah, that. Drake, if you come over to Drake's house, you got to put your keys in the basket and sign an NDA to go into his house. When we come back, we need to get on that level. Drake, me and you, me and you. Yeah, we need to get on that level. I don't see it happening. That's the, oh, if I'm John Chris Enterprises, that's <laughs> yeah. what I got to do. And you can hire. Yeah, I got to hire. Yeah, John Chris Enterprises. Than, John John Chris Entertainment barely making it. Yeah, not he, no Enterprises. NDAs. Yeah, too big. You <laughs> can't even know everybody. Hug. If you give me a hug, NDA, go sign it. Dude. Back in a moment. Hey, excuse me, was your ex by any chance a four-count chicken nugget meal? Because I can tell that you were never satisfied. Yeah, what's up, girl? Ladies call me Chick-fil-A because I'll always satisfy you, and I was founded on Christian principles. Girl, me and you were made for each other like a homeschool van in a Chick-fil-A parking lot. Excuse me, um, are you Chick-fil-A sauce? Because you're my first choice. Girl, you treat me wrong, and I'm a chicken biscuit after 1030. Not available. Sup? You want a strip? Chicken strip. I meant chicken strip. Chicken strip. Hey, girl, listen. I know a lot of guys are, like, lining up to date you, but honestly, I'm like a Chick-fil-A mobile order. I can skip the line. (laughs) You can't spell love without I and you. Oh, wait, you can? Oh, okay. Well, I'm a Chick-fil-A cow, okay? I can't spell. Girl, you can call me a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich wrapper bag because I am... Still good in the morning. No, because I went home after our date and stayed at my house. And then I came back in the morning. We went on a second date and it was still fun. That's what I meant. Yo, what's up, girl? They call me Chick-fil-A chicken soup. Christian and good for the soul. Oh, sure. Yeah, we can go to dinner and a movie, but I got morals, okay? I'm like the Chick-fil-A store hours. Nothing good happens after 10. This weekend, check out Brian's new show on Fox News Channel. Because apparently he's cheaper than infomercials for nonstick pans. That is not true. Chill out, Gutfeld. That really hurts. One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. More of Brian coming up. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. At a White House event, President Biden asked if Representative Jackie Walorski was in the audience, asking, where's Jackie? Apparently forgetting she died last month. President Biden on Friday attended a formal ceremony welcoming Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson to the Supreme Court, said Biden. And where's Justice Ginsburg? Ruth, come on up here. <laughs> well, that was pretty funny, right? From That's SNL. funny. To, yeah. Right. I mean, they, did, they had some moments, but they just refused to do the other side. John yeah. Christ is with us here. I like when, they, when the, the, the uh, press secretary tried to explain away that one. Right. That's my favorite. It's like that's like I should come off. I should come off and just. I should. We should just play those as stand up. And you don't have that to say anything. Unbelievable humor. And when what she said essentially was, well, you have to understand, the president had her on top of just mind. Just unreal. 
Because we yeah. know he, everybody knows he screwed up. Everybody knows that like he, he forgot she was say, dead. Hey, you're right. You just re- a refusal to just the, the doubling down is just and evidently it's, even the Washington Post was asking her. Listen, we all know you're not just, telling the truth. Fine. Like I don't even want to do this, but you're yeah. making me ask you a tough question. That's like someone's like, hey, hey, should we get like the booster? You're like, yeah, you should get it. You're like, we're still, <laughs> still. I mean, well, yeah, someone fi- just say like, hey, we well, might have. Well, how yeah. about this? The um, the Coast Guard guy gets praise from the president of the United States. Like he okay. went out there in the in the middle of a hurricane, fourteen foot waves, yeah. and he saved countless people. He's a great man. It turns out he's being fired next week for not getting the vaccine. <laughs> so he gets called. That's at, true. Next, totally true. Next week he will get the vaccine. This, this stud Yo, that is a my. hero should be wearing a cape is getting fired for the vaccine. And by the way, the guy that back when I when I confronted uh, Admiral Kirby. Admiral yeah. Kirby was in quarantine. Yeah. He's got four shots. He got the virus. And he's firing yeah, yeah. this That's guy <laughs> who's saving people in a hurricane. Neil, then we know how a vaccine works. I yeah. just want you to hear this, All and right, I want ready. to get your reaction. I'm ready. Joe Biden's got a problem trying to relate every story to, and make some things to make it more relatable. Tell me, tell me if you hear this. Oh, no. And so I, uh, I uh, was sort of raised uh, in the Puerto Rican community at home politically. So he's trying. He's in Puerto Rico trying to relate to them. Was he was raised in Delaware, yeah. where he says there was a disproportionate amount of Puerto Ricans. They looked it up. There was no. There was <laughs> absolutely almost no Puerto yeah, Ricans. Yeah. Like, like don't what say would anything. Make, don't, don't say. Just don't say anything else. Have you ever met someone that had to put himself in the center of every story? If, you know, if someone from if someone from the right did that, it oh. would, they would be canceled. Well, we, I was raised Puerto Rican. So listen, I'm excited about you're going to be in Newark, New, Jer- New, uh, Newark, New Jersey on the 7th. New Brunswick, yeah, tonight. New Brunswick, tomorrow. that's even more important. New yeah. Brunswick again on the 8th. Where are you going down there? And then you're going on the on the 8th again in New Brunswick, New Jersey at yeah, the I Stress got four Factory. Shows down there. And then over to Virginia Beach, Funny Bone on the 21st. Let's go. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.